Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my monthly live training. My next live training will be happening on Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. I'm going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, the authors of Boundless Love, Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins, Christina and Javier, well, I'm not going to attempt to say their last name, which will become really clear as to why. As we start the interview, it's a great interview. I just don't want to butcher their last name. Christina and Javier, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Now, I was chicken in the intro I just did. I didn't say your last name because I don't speak like a Spaniard. <laughs> so why don't you share with us, how do you say, Javier, you do it because you got the really cool accent there. How do you say your last name? Jerena. There's no way I would have said that. <laughs> I know. It's like a true Spaniard. I can't even say that. It's not even close. How do you say it? I say Yerena, but he but our girls, we have two daughters, they always imitate him better. So, you know, I pass, but I'm not authentic like Javi. Well, are you now he's not from this country, right? Yeah, Javi's from Madrid. Oh, he's from, from, Spain. from where are you from? I'm from, so big contrast, Mark. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) But I've lived and studied in Spain and I'm fluent in Spanish. And that was one of the the positive blessings. You know, God always has a divine plan, right? In terms of your partner and your life. And um, Javi and I met well after that. So it was a serious bonus that he, uh, he met an American who was fluent in Spanish, but was not, you know, obviously a native speaker but there is uh, a well-kept secret that <laughs> nobody knows about christina christina has a southern spaniard accent when she speaks really because i studied in sevilla and so you imitate right who you are around most of us do I, I, I do not pick up accents. My wife does. I don't pick up accents. So I'm I'm not I'm from New York, but I'm from the west side of New York at Rochester. So people go, How come you don't talk like this? Because we don't talk like that in Rochester. That's not how we that's New York City. That's the Bronx. I'm not from the Bronx. So why would I talk like this and say coffee? I don't talk that way. So interesting. I, I love accents. I'm trying to learn French. Uh, for a very long time, mm-hmm. but my wife, she took three years in French in high school, and so when she's doing the Duolingo, she's got the accent down. I, I think Duolingo goes, are you trying to speak French, or what's going on? Because I don't have the <laughs> accent. She can roll her R's and all this other stuff, and I, I can't, so I respect people who can learn languages easily, so my hat's off to you. Right on. So you wrote a book called Boundless Love, Healing Your Marriage Before it begins. And as a fellow believer, um, I know the importance of that because so many people are getting into relationships and they're looking, he's hot, she's cute. That's not how you're supposed, I mean, yeah, God designed us that we are attracted to the opposite sex, but 
that's not supposed to be the number one thing. We're supposed to get much deeper than that. So tell us a little bit about why you wrote the book and why the title, Boundless Love. So we wrote the book, Mark, because um, we had, well, the first catalyst was that we had a breakdown in our marriage, um, which seems a little ironic, but um, we made a choice to leverage our faith and we had a literal come to Jesus moment where it was either divorce or figure this out. And what got us through was our faith in God. And we got very clear very quickly that there was no way in our humanness that we could have bypassed a separation, that we knew that if we relied on him, um, we could really go places. And so that was a huge epiphany, you know, aha moment. And so then we started uncovering and really looking at um, and what also helped us through our own period of strife was um, participating in pre-marriage retreats for so many years. And that community was our rock as well as God, obviously. And we got very clear that all of the foundation that we put in that pre-marriage, as well as those early years in our faith, was the, the true foundation to help us navigate the inevitable potholes, crises, right, um, valleys of marriage. And so that's really what I think inspired us. But Javi gets all the credit because like you said earlier, Mark, I was a chicken. He kept saying to me, oh, we're going to write a book. We're going to write a book. And I'm all, no, we're not. So he's really the one that was the vision, you know, the dreamer. And I finally caught up to him to make it happen. Yeah. And I just want to add that another Another reason why we wrote the book, we felt that a testimony is more powerful than telling a couple, a younger couple, what to do. We felt that we needed to share our story and we wanted to do it in a way that we can share it to, to the world instead of the pre-marriage retreat that we were facilitating. So we decided to do that. And your second question is why boundless love? That came from Chris, that came from Christina. And the reason why we name that is because we we know that God has boundless love for us. Mm-hmm. And when you start really looking into what is boundless love, what how God is loving us, it really start taking you into that journey of healing yourself. I I love that. And I want to talk about marriage from a different perspective right now. I see a lot of marriages in Hollywood, they they're married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced. Then you look at someone like Jay Leno. Now, I don't know if Jay Leno's a Christian or not, but he keeps his family like, uh, you know, he doesn't want his family to be in the spotlight and they've been married for many years. And so I'd like to know your thoughts before we get in more at what you talk about in the book. Why do you think that a lot of marriages in Hollywood just like they just, they flame and they burn out so quickly? Is it because obviously, for far as I know, People are not getting into marriage for the right reasons. You're supposed to get married, you know, in the love of Christ and that. But a lot of people, I think, are not getting into marriage for the right reasons. Would you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think celebrities are just a microcosm of our bigger society. I think they're just representing what we're all struggling with and divorce and separation and not really getting grounded and clear around why you want to build a life with someone and commit for your entire life from the from the beginning forward and understanding your values and your beliefs and what do you want to create together. 
I think that they just are examples of it. They also have um, a lot of scrutiny and public attention and high stakes in terms of, you know, being in publicity as well as wealth, et cetera, which to me is all a lot of temptation, right? A lot of power uh, tripping potential. So there's, you know, there, everyone has their struggles. I think they're just part of the many. Um, but I also think we're at a crucial period in time because, Again, it's about half, half, right? Half roughly. I mean, it goes up and down a little bit by stats every year, you know, variably, but generally you've got a one and two shot, 50% chance of surviving in your first marriage. Obviously the more marriages you um, commit to or get engaged in that, that rate goes higher. But the key piece to me is where are you in that commitment? And so a lot of millennials, and we know, cause we have a lot of family members, nieces and nephews, et cetera. Millennials are not getting married at the same rate and um, they're cohabitating longer. They're not getting married or they're living with their parents or other folks in ho- households before they join with another person. So that's a really fascinating commentary too. And so there may be some underlying issues around faith there, questioning all of it. But I think we, you're right, Mark, Where what you're looking for in your marriage is going to determine what you're going to get. Javi, you have anything to add to that? Yes, I, 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 I think I, I'm going to add something. Um, I think, and I was thinking about this. If if you want to get if you want to get fit in the fitness, right? And and let's say your gym is surrounded by fast food place. <laughs> how in the world are you going to obtain what you're looking for? And I think celebrities, especially in Hollywood, you are surrounded mm. by. Things that are against the the marriage values. You're doing things that are so contradicting to what is a healthy marriage. So uh, some of the uh, actors and actresses, they there are scenes and some of the movies they do that it, you know that goes against what a family is. They're 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 doing things mm. that is so it creates temptation to go into a different path. Uh, we have seen a lot of celebrities in Hollywood that said, forget it. I'm going to live a Christian life and I'm going to say goodbye to Hollywood because mm-hmm. it, it was going against my my principles, my values. So I think that has something to do with it. And, and I think that's why when you mentioned uh, Jay Lennon, I mean, he kind of separates his family uh, and, and concentrates and, and, you know, the, the, the good values to to really enrich his relationship with his family. I like how yeah. you talked about the why for your marriage. Uh, I was divorced from my first wife. I married the right woman the second time around. And when I look back at the why, I understand what went wrong. My first marriage, I was younger, thinking with the wrong part of my anatomy. This is a family show, so we'll leave it at that. And I really <laughs> didn't understand. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I just thought, man, God, sex all I want is great. I didn't grow up. Until I got divorced, and then my second marriage, we build our marriage and our relationship around Jesus. And if you don't have a rock, if you don't have the rock of Christ in your life, then what do you do when those inevitable storms, as you mentioned earlier, Christina, they're going to come. You're going to have potholes in your marriage. It's just going to come. You're going to have deaths. You're going to have you know other things go on. And if you don't have a rock, you're going to get pummeled by... The winds, and I'm, I'm using the wind as an analogy because right now 
east of Houston, where I am, there's a category four hurricane Laura right. going into, but we're not being affected here. We're, we're not even getting winds here, but the fact is you're going to have storms. And so you have to understand why. And I think people who are, whether they're dating, whether they're courting, we don't court anymore. That's I'm dating myself, but people, they're looking at the book cover. They're looking at the appearance. And I can tell you, and I know you can share with us that when you first start seeing someone, you're seeing their best. They're wearing the best right. perfume <laughs> and the best outfit and they're taking the best restaurant, but that's not going to be every day for the rest of your marriage. It's not sustainable. Right. Yeah. I think it's the the reality check. I mean, Javi and I were blessed because um, we did meet in our early thirties. So I always joke that um, and we, we, we tell our daughters this too, you know, we encourage you to live your life and be with God and develop your relationship with God first before you get married. Because if you don't have a relationship with Jesus or God before you get into a union with, you know, a partner, that's like you said, that is going to be stormy weather, right? Mm-hmm. So both of us already had that established. We had really established adult lives. And the and I'll never forget that we were um, invited over to dinner by mutual friends. They had been trying to set us up for a couple years, so we were kind of in each other's radar for a while. But it never met, never clicked. And when we finally met, I always say Javi gave me an interview. You know, he didn't mess around, and a lot of it was around my values what I believed, what he believed. And it was great for me. I, I, I mean, a lot of people were like, well, are you intimidated by that? I said, no, I just flipped it right back. It, 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 it lessened the burden for me. Cause then I just say, and you, and you. And so <laughs> I know some people get turned off about that. Cause it's like the, the, the social version of romance and marriage and what we're taught on TV, et cetera. I mean, even all the films, it's, you know, this real romantic narrative um, is so deeply flawed and unrealistic and it sets people up for failure in relationships. And I, I was so, I found it so refreshing. And I think that is the kind of spirit of like hardcore faith, but hardcore reality is what really brings your marriage from the beginning to fruition, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things I wanted to add is we see so many couples uh, looking for that, you know, I'm, I'm looking for someone to fix me. I'm looking mm-hmm. for someone to complete me. I'm looking for someone to to really motivate me. Yes. And nobody's going to do it. I mean, nobody's going to do that for you. It's only boundless love. It's only the God, the love that God has for you is going to, is going to kick in and, and bring that awareness to you. But I love it when couples say, yeah, she fixed me. She, she completes me. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, Maybe it's for a while, right? Maybe for a short deceptive while, but the honeymoon, as we all know, wears off quickly. And yep. that's a cycle we talk about, that cycle of disillusionment. You're doing it all the time in your relationship. You know, there's hot, you're you're living a, a cyclic pattern of, you know, honeymooning together, then hitting your next obstacle, perhaps hitting some adversity or conflict or not agreeing on something. And your school, your, your skills, excuse me, and your faith are how fast you recover from that and how you navigate and problem solve together. And then you can get back into unity and friendship, right? Mm-hmm. And partnership, and then perhaps birthing another honeymoon cycle. But it's it's never ending. 
Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com, for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Right. And I think it, you talked about perfection earlier. The only thing that's perfect in our world is Jesus Christ. Now, you may not be a believer. If you're not a believer, you may not be listening to this podcast, but we don't mean to offend you. But as Christians, we believe Jesus is perfection. He's the only perfection. So your spouse, you didn't marry Jesus. So your spouse is not going to be perfect. And you got to realize there's going to, Christina's laughing. We're, we're doing this on video, but you're only hearing the audio person that she's, she's uh, laughing pretty hysterically, but you got to understand that your spouse is not perfect. Uh, you know, and, and if one of you was perfect, you wouldn't need the other one. If you both did the same thing, you wouldn't need one of you is irrelevant. So talk to us about why do people, when they first get into marriage, if they're, if they're looking at the wrong things and they're striving for perfection, why is that so unsustainable? Because yeah, we have the social pressures and we have peer pressure, but perfection is not sustainable in not only marriage, but in life, it's just not possible. Yeah, I, I, we talked to a lot of couples and I said, you know, you, you meant to mar marry a cat and he is a horse. So why are you trying to change him into a cat? We work with couples so they can look into their gifts, their talents, their strengths and put them together. So the power of two and, and working together based on those strengths and gifts and talents that we both have and how we can complement each other to the vision that we have. If we don't have a common vision, a lot of couples, uh, we do uh, an exercise in some of the workshops is, is really vision your marriage five years from now. And a lot of couples, see, a lot of couples ask us, really, uh, f five years from now? I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, marriage is a lifetime. So <laughs> let's do five years and then perhaps we do Be 10, honest. 20. And, and really think about the best that you are right now and the best that you can be. And, and let's start imagining that that marriage together. A lot of couples get married. They don't want to talk about the future. And then you have your own narrative or how you're going to live your life. And suddenly there's that conflict. Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't tell me that you wanted to go back to school. Uh, you didn't tell me that you want to become a CEO of a company and me stay home and take care of the kids. You didn't tell me that you wanted to go on a vacation with your friends. So why? Because they haven't talked about who they are, their gifts, their talents, their their strengths, and really put a plan together. Yeah, I think, uh, Mark, one of the things that we really value in our work is we do this prepare and rich assessment inventory with couples. And it's very clearly, you know, based on the fact that everyone has strengths and everyone has challenge areas and room mm -hmm. to grow. And um, it's not, you know, it's certainly humbling, but it's also encouraging, right? Because that's one of the beauties of your marriage is that, you know, you become a better person because of your spouse. You know, I've learned to be more patient and flexible, both of which are not my strong suit, right? <laughs> but I've learned and I'm still learning because I love this man so much and I believe in who we are together, right? Um, our pastor recently said, you know, what is your job, Christina, for Javier in your marriage? And I was kind of like, uh, this is a trick question. <laughs> and it was, he said to get him into heaven. 
that's your job. You know, your job as a spouse is to bring out the best in them, knowing that you're both broken. So the inventory itself lifts that up, but also provides some awareness and understanding that we both know that we are broken human beings, but through Christ, that's how we're healed. That's how we're purified. And that's how we grow. You know, you said something very interesting about, you know, the marriage and how much did you work on it? I once heard our pastor say marriage is not 50-50, it's 100%, 100%. You should not go 50% and stop. And so if your spouse is having a bad day, a bad week, a bad year, you know, you may have to give 90, 100% because you're in this together. The three of you, you, your spouse, and Jesus. And I think a lot of people go, well, I've given enough. No, you haven't. You haven't given your all. You have to give your all. And and I like how you talk about communication. I, I think it's key. My marriage and my wife is like on 17 years now because we communicate. If we have a problem, we discuss it. I don't like passive aggressive people. Look, at just come out and tell me what the issue is. And I always tell my wife where I'm going. And here's the thing. I'm kind of a introvert unless I'm on a podcast, something like that. But when I would go with other, you know, before COVID hit, I would go, if, I, if someone invited me to lunch as a woman, I would tell my wife where we're going to be. I would sit out in the, out in public. I wasn't like in a, some secluded room. I didn't want to set myself up for failure because I love my wife tremendously. And I think a lot of people, oh, nothing's going to happen. Listen, if you think nothing's going to happen, then the evil one has already gotten you, gotten the door and his foot in the door. So you got, I've heard people who are pastors who counsel. If they counsel a, a member of the opposite sex, the door is open, the secretary is right outside, and there's a desk between them. You have to do these things in addition to be communication, because if you don't, if you just say, ah, oh, it's not going to be a problem, that is the first crack in your armor. Oh, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I think temptation, you know, you're speaking to temptation and one of the the hugest things is, you know, we talk to a lot of young couples and they're used to being single. So that transition to being a couple, sometimes it goes smoothly. Sometimes it's not so smooth. And Javi mentioned earlier, like vacation with my bros or my girls or whatever, and you open yourself up, right? You open yourself up for the worst case scenario. And what you do is you're responsible to your wife, right? You're responsible to your marriage. So you shut down those risk factors. So you don't even like open the door. And I do agree with you is that, you know, divorce sinks in slowly. It's not like one day people wake up and this is it. I think these are these long corroding influences that really pull people apart. And if you are naive and blind to it, like you said, it's it's going to get you. Like there are going to be moments and we are both very, very vigilant. I mean, Javi especially is on point. Like he he's always communicating to me all the time, but we also don't actually do much without, I mean, we do our own thing and we, Mm -hmm. we have friends, but we don't really take a lot of risks in terms of, you know, going out at night or putting ourselves in those kind of environments. I think it goes Uh, back to your why. I like to say that it goes back to your why, because (laughs) if you know your why, you're probably far less likely to wind up in divorce than if you just go in and they're willy nilly. Totally. Yes. Yes, I was. I was gonna mention. Uh, we, we do a fun exercise as, mm-hmm. as the couples. Hey, how many of you have the Sport Illustrated the bikini uh, issue uh, in, in your houses? And they're like, yeah. I mean, literally sixty, seventy percent. And and this is a, a faith based marriage uh, retreat. 
and and a lot of people say, and I ask him, I said, well, you think it's okay? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, wow, you're really opening the door to to a lot of things there, right? You're opening the door, you because that will lead you to to something else, and and that's what I try to talk to men. I said, you know, be very aware of outside forces that will lead you into temptation. It will lead you to, you know, start doubting, you know, why you got to invest so much time in your marriage. Be careful, right? It's it's like surrendering yourself with the wrong the wrong things, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we are open about talking with young couples about for example like the power and influence of online pornography, which is such a huge yep. huge industry. Um, you know, we are dating ourselves. We didn't grow up with that, you know, we're pre-internet, you know, teenagers and college goers. So <laughs> that wasn't our reality, but it's certainly the hardcore reality. I mean, I personally had colleagues get fired over it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a reality. So I think there's a lot sometimes of, like you said, naivete or perhaps just denial, who knows, lack of education, but those, those visual influences um, can really, you know, tempt you and guide you around behaviors that you would think, oh, no, I'll never do that. And before you know it, you're in a mess. I remember when I was, you know, I'm 55 now. So when I was like 18, 19 years old, there was not the internet. And so if you mistype a, a URL now, you can go to a porno site. Back then, you had to go into the convenience store and your buddies would have to distract the cashier. And I'm not saying I, I did this. I was, I was a boy. It's what the boys do. Now, pornography is so readily available. It is a multi billion dollar industry. And, and and what really breaks my heart when, when couples say, oh, yeah, we watch it together. I'm like, really? I mean, you watch pornography together? And I never understood that. But it, it is such an evil, demonic thing, the pornography. And people go, well, to each his own. Well, if you believe it to each his own, you're probably, if you started listening to this podcast, you're certainly not listening by now because we said the J word, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Can't say that word. So you're probably not even listening. So the people we're talking to, Christina and Javier, are, you know, they get this. But you have to be really careful because... Uh, you know, pornography this day and age can not only kill your marriage, but it's a very slippery slope. It's like being on your your roof in the wintertime if you live up north and you just have a little patch of ice, you can tumble down and it's really easy. All of a sudden now you're whipping out the credit card and you're signing up for a membership program and you're like, how did I get here? Because it it didn't happen all at once. It happened a drip at a time. And you're like, oh, it's just one image. Oh, it's just it's just a sports illustrated. It, it's no big deal. But every Every time you expose yourself or allow yourself to be exposed to it, it's a, another kink in your armor. And all of a sudden, that little crack becomes bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, the wave rushes in. Your marriage is over because maybe an affair started. And it all started because you didn't set yourself up for marriage success. Yeah. And I think one of the things we talk about in our book and we've personally experienced is also, who do you surround yourself with? Like yeah. you talk about your why, Mark. It's also who's your immediate support system? Who's your community? And by serving in ministry, by working with other couples that we want to emulate, that we see as mentors and elders and role models, people that are interested in having a healthy faith-based, right? God-filled marriage that are trying their hardest to, to just do their best. 
I think that is a huge, there's a huge momentum behind that, right? And I'm sure like in every area of your life, who you surround yourself, the company you keep. But for us, that's just been such a huge force of strength and light because if you can talk to other couples and say, and that's part of our mission is to bring this up, to be transparent about this in marriage, right? Because I think a lot of people feel this pressure to hide or to front or to pose or the social media posts that are all beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. We all know the underbelly and it gets gritty and dirty and there's some real hard work involved. And so for us to turn to other count, you know, other um, couples who have said, oh my gosh, we went through that with our daughter. You know, our daughter transitioned from private Christian schooling to public and it was really difficult. And it was difficult, not just for her, but it was difficult for our parenting and it was difficult for our marriage because we had to really work as a team in a totally different way. And so these are examples. You can have people around you who guide you and bring out the best in you. I want. I wanted to add. Uh, going back to uh, pornography, and, and I talk about it on the book. My s- uh, sex ed was pornography mm-hmm. when I was thirteen years old. I was introduced, you know, watching a, a pornography movie, and then from there, you know, I, in a way, yes, I was addicted to it. And then things develop, and you create this this illusion that hey, this is the way sex is, and then mm-hmm. eventually you like. What's going on here? My, why my relationships are not working the way I wanted to is because you've seen women this way. And then eventually you're like, well, I'm not an addict. I only watch it 10 minutes a day. You know, I do this, I do that. And you're like, yeah, you're still an addict because you're going to it. And then what I did is uh, when I start healing uh, and really being aware of, hey, this is this is happening. I'm an addict of, of pornography. I started looking into how pornography really fuels sex lives, how it fuels child pornography, how it fuels addiction, how it fuels other other methods uh, of really, you know, bringing women to an image that is not real. And I, I started thinking, go, wow, this is goes deeper mm-hmm. than than what I thought. And I start realizing how many people are so blind. So many men, especially Christian men, are so blind. They're thinking that, well, I'm only watching it on video. I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong, but you are sponsoring organized, uh, you know, crime in a way, right? And of course, Jesus says in the gospel, if you lost after a woman, you might as well have slept with her because it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Very true. Absolutely. So. As we get to the end of our time together, let me give you both an opportunity uh, to talk about something uh, briefly that we didn't talk about that's on your heart that you want to share with the audience today. I think, you know, what's on my heart, Mark, is just that um, it's okay, you know, for us so much when we were going through our, you know, almost end of our marriage, um, I I just want to normalize that hitting the wall is is a normal thing you know especially even if you do feel prepared in your marriage um being part you know being at that at that brink of divorce i don't think you know there should be that much stigma because i think unfortunately how we're raised how we're socialized um we're not really set up for success in our relationships and so i just want to encourage folks to know that you know, go to your faith, 
go to Jesus, go to those rocks of, of, of strength that are beyond you. Right. What I like to say is like your super spiritual superpower. Right. And, and trust that everything happens for a reason. You know, our breakdown was a huge monumental healing and shift for me. I had to confront my postpartum depression um, and anxiety after our second daughter that I really wasn't facing. Um, I had to face a lot of my own passive aggression, you know, in terms of my communication or lack thereof with Javi, my husband. Um, I had to heal some childhood wounds. I'm not saying any of this is done by any measure. You know, we're all, like you said, an ongoing work in progress. But I really just want people to know that this is more the norm than not. That it is okay and it is it's okay to you know to break down and to, and to mess up and to fail and that's how we learn and through the grace of god is how we come out of it and that's that's really what is on my heart right now 100% yeah. uh for me somebody asked me this week why you open up a nonprofit ministry you know under the same name boundless love and what do you vision? What, what What is your motive? And connection came to mind. We really want to build very strong Christian connections in couples and, and, and really have them flourish their relationship to, to be pioneers. I believe that if we, we have a strong families, the world is going to be a better place because we are educating our kids based on the same principles. And that's what we want in boundless love. We really want to spark that conversation and we want to be open. We want to be vulnerable and tell you, Hey, we, we are, <laughs> we are broken too, yeah, but we are we, not we're not giving up. We are because mm. God is not giving up on us. So we shouldn't give up in our marriage. Amen to that. Amen. Well, the book is called Boundless Love, Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins. I'm sure we can buy this anywhere books are sold, correct? Yes. yes. Go for Amazon. We have audio, ebook, paperback, and we also have our website. You can check us out at boundlesslove.us. Okay. Any final thoughts, Javi, before I let you go? Uh, just being grateful, uh, being here with you and, and sharing this. And, and my, my wish is that we, we touch just one individual yes. yep. with this podcast to really reflect about their relationship uh, with themselves, with God and their, their significant other. And we love you, Mark. And I love your spirit. <laughs> so keep on keeping on. Well, thank Brother you. Brother in Christ. Yes. Thank you so much for being in the show. You guys are rock stars. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training, Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. Going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. Register by clicking the link in my show notes or in the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.